and the epistle, which is taken from the third Mass of Christmas, is taken from St. Paul's Epistle of the Hebrews, chapter 1. God, who had sundry times and in diverse manners spoken times past to the fathers by the prophets, last of all in these days hath spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the figure of his substance and upholding all things by the word of his power, making purgation of sins, sitteth on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath inherited a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels hath he said at any time, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the, bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God adore him. And to the angels, indeed, he saith, He that maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. But to the Son, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of justice is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved justice, and hatheth iniquity. Therefore God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou in the beginning, O Lord, didst found the earth, and the works of thy hands are the heavens. They shall perish, but thou shalt continue, and they shall all grow old as a garment, and as a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the selfsame, and thy years shall not fail. And the Holy Gospel. Taken from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was made nothing that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to give testimony of the light, that all men might believe through him. He was not the light, but was to give testimony of the light. That was the true light, which enlighteneth every man that cometh into this world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to be made the sons of God, to them that believe in his name, who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt amongst us, and we saw his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. My dear faithful, there is a fictional story that has long been dear to my heart. It's called The King of the Golden City, and it is a very simple allegorical story written for children by Mother Mary Loyola. The story centers around a little girl who lives alone in a cottage amidst the woods. Being the owner of the house and sole occupant, she is in charge of the cooking, the cleaning, and all-around tidiness of the place. This tidiness is especially important because as the story progresses, 
she frequently entertains a very special guest. You see, she has become acquainted with a king from another land. This mighty king loves to spend time with this little girl, and so he travels far to see her, even disguising himself as an ordinary man to put her at ease. This lowly girl and this great king have become friends, and so he often comes to visit her. Friends, though they may be, the little girl does recognize that he is still a king, even if he disguises his grandeur. Royalty, she knows, deserves a royal welcome. The first time he came, before that day approached, she worked hard to scour the cottage and make it sparklingly clean. She straightened everything out, though, since it was a simple cottage, there really wasn't too much. The floor was dirt, but she swept that as best she could. There was only one window, but she cleaned out any cobwebs and polished the glass to let as much light in as possible. She even pulled in a rose that grew outside the window that it could sweeten the meeting with its scent. Finally, all was set aright, but her nice clean house was still empty, and that does not make for a truly royal welcome. Out she went into the forest around the cottage, gathering flowers of all kind and color. She worked hard and prepared rich bouquets of flowers. She even arranged the pathway to her humble home, laying petals along it as far as she could, both to soften and to sweeten the pathway, even just a little bit more for her beloved friend. Finally, her guest arrived, and he smiled to see her preparations. He noticed every flower, counted every petal, and he knew every effort that lay behind each one. In return for this royal and yet humble welcome, he bedecked her with jewels, treasures she could never dream of purchasing. But these gifts were not enough for him to give her. During their time together, he made a great promise to her that if she remains his friend and works hard to prepare herself, one day, when the time is right, he will take her with him to his kingdom. There she will reside with him at court, a royal princess herself. To prepare her, though, he must visit her often and teach her the noble ways of royalty. The girl was, of course, ecstatic. Not only at being a princess, I'm sure most any girl's dream, but to be close to her friend. That was the greatest treasure that she could have. Time marched onwards, and the king came again and again, spending time with his friend. Each time, she would prepare the way for him, bedecking it with flowers, while he brought rich gifts for her. However, as time progressed, the king began to notice the welcome became less royal, that the trail of flowers was thinner and shorter, the bouquets smaller and less varied, the cottage not so clean and tidy. Eventually, the home 
was so dusty and uncared for that he really had no fit place to leave his gifts. And so he had to take them back with him. Finally, there came a day that when the great king arrived for his visit, he received only a nod of welcome. Obviously, the girl's mind was occupied on other things. Nevertheless, he remained there with her. But soon after, she left the cottage, and the king sat alone at her table until his usual time of departure. Eventually, the girl returned and realized the offense she gave to her beloved friend. She renewed her devotion at each of his visits, and all was well again. The story continues on from there, but, my dear faithful, you may have already figured out what this is an allegory for. The cottage is a symbol of a soul, while the girl is the intellect and will. The great king who disguises himself is Jesus Christ. Come to visit as bread in Holy Communion, and happy to come down from his kingdom of heaven to spend time with the soul that receives him. The cleanliness of the cottage represents the state of grace, while the little disorders are venial sins. With this story, Mother Mary Loyola reminded her readers that Holy Communion is a time to spend well, to be determined to be there with your King as best you can. And part of that is to prepare for this visit with a royal welcome. Bedeck your soul with virtues, sacrifice yourself to be patient, to be humble, to be kind. Work to prepare a royal welcome for this most royal king of kings. It is truly amazing to behold our Savior humbling himself to become bread for us, just as it is astonishing that he lowered himself to become man, a child, a weak little infant. Jesus Christ, the creator of all, ruler of the vast universe, is the babe of Bethlehem, so small, so sweet, so tender. This mighty king disguises himself so that we will draw near to him and receive him into our hearts. And yet, as the gospel says, which is the usual last gospel. It says, He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. This is the cold welcome of Bethlehem, that so few came to him, and no one received him into their homes. And this is the communions that are received unworthily, unprepared for, or while willfully distracted. So great is the love of Jesus Christ. He opens himself to the coldness of men's hearts, the ingratitude that ignores his treasures of grace, and the infinite king who longs to give them. 
but what joy he has when he is received well. When we make our sacrifices, strive to collect a bouquet of virtues we practiced, and offer them to the King of Kings disguised as bread, helpless as an infant, he treasures it. He runs to us, reaching out his arms to be received longingly with, for love. Jesus Christ embraces us at each communion, pours out the treasures of his grace for us to prepare our souls for the bliss of his heavenly kingdom. He can bear with the coldness of men, for at least we are there, giving him that royal welcome. And so, my dear faithful, I encourage you to strive always to prepare well for each communion. Never let our Savior receive the cold welcome of Bethlehem by neglecting him at his coming. Instead, sweeten and soften his road to you with daily sacrifice. He will count every effort, and he will return it with an outpouring of his grace. Then, my dear faithful, every communion you receive will be truly another Christmas, with all its joy and its happiness. Love the Christ child, my dear faithful. Let every communion be Christmas, for in having him, you will truly have all. May God bless you, and may you have a most happy and blessed Christmas. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen.